Section 32 of Expository Thoughts on the Gospel of St. Mark by J. C. Ryle Chapter 8, verses 1 to 13 The Multitude Fed with Seven Loaves Unbelief of the Pharisees This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Read by Marianne. Mark, chapter 8, verses 1 to 13 In those days, the multitude being very great, and having nothing to eat, Jesus called his disciples unto him, and saith unto them, I have compassion on the multitude, because they have now been with me three days, and have nothing to eat. And if I send them away fasting to their own houses, they will faint by the way, for diverse of them come from far. And his disciples answered him, From whence can a man satisfy these men with bread here in the wilderness? Then he asked them, How many loaves have ye? And they said, Seven and he commanded the people to sit down on the ground, and he took the seven loaves, and gave thanks, and brake, and gave to his disciples, to set before them, and they did set them before the people. And they had a few small fishes, and he blessed, and commanded to set them also before them. So they did eat, and were filled, and they took up of the broken meat that was left seven baskets, and they that had eaten were about four thousand, and he sent them away. And straightway he entered into a ship with his disciples, and came into the parts of Dalmanutha. And the Pharisees came forth, and began to question with him, seeking of him a sign from heaven, tempting him. And he sighed deeply in his spirit, and saith, Why doth this generation seek after a sign? Verily I say unto you, There shall no sign be given unto this generation. And he left them, and entering into the ship again, departed to the other side. Once more we see our Lord feeding a great multitude with a few loaves and fishes. He knew the heart of man. He saw the rise of cavillers and skeptics who would question the reality of the wonderful works he performed. By repeating the mighty miracle he recorded, he stops the mouth of all who are not willfully blind to evidence. Publicly, and before four thousand witnesses, he shows his almighty power a second time. Let us observe in this passage how great is the kindness and compassion of our Lord Jesus Christ. He saw around him a very great multitude who had nothing to eat. He knew that the great majority were following him from no other motive than idle curiosity, and had no claim whatever to be regarded as his disciples. Yet when he saw them hungry and destitute, he pitied them. I have compassion on the multitude, because they have now been with me three days, and have nothing to eat. The feeling heart of our Lord Jesus Christ appears in these words. He has compassion even on those who are not his people, the faithless, the graceless, the followers of this world. He feels tenderly for them, though they know it not. He died for them, though they care little for what he did on the cross. He would receive them graciously, and pardon them freely, if they would only repent and believe on him. Let us ever beware of measuring the love of Christ by any human measure. He has a special love, beyond doubt, for his own believing people. But he has also a general love of compassion, even for the unthankful and the evil. His love passeth knowledge. Ephesians chapter 3 verse 19. Let us strive to make Jesus our pattern in this, as well as in everything else. Let us be kind, and compassionate, and pitiful, and courteous to all men. Let us be ready to do good to all men, and not only to friends and the household of faith. 
let us carry into practice our lord's injunction love your enemies bless them that curse you do good to them that hate you matthew chapter five verse forty four this is to show the mind of christ this is the right way to heap coals of fire on an enemy's head and to melt foes into friends romans chapter twelve verse twenty let us observe in the second place from this passage that with christ nothing is impossible the disciples said from whence can a man satisfy these men with bread here in the wilderness they might well say so without the hand of him who first made the world out of nothing the thing could not be but in the almighty hands of jesus seven loaves and a few fishes were made sufficient to satisfy four thousand men nothing is too hard for the lord we must never allow ourselves to doubt christ's power to supply the spiritual wants of all his people he has bread enough and to spare for every soul that trusts in him weak infirm corrupt empty as believers feel themselves let them never despair while jesus lives in him there is a boundless store of mercy and grace laid up for the use of all his believing members and ready to be bestowed on all who ask in prayer it pleases the father that in him should all fullness dwell colossians chapter 1 verse 19 let us never doubt christ's providential care for the temporal wants of all his people he knows their circumstances he is acquainted with all their necessities he will never allow them to lack anything that is really for their good his heart has not changed since he ascended up on high and sat down on the right hand of god he still lives who had compassion on the hungry crowd in the wilderness and supplied their need how much more may we suppose will he supply the need of those who trust him he will supply them without fail their faith may occasionally be tried they may sometimes be kept waiting and brought very low but the believer shall never be left entirely destitute bread shall be given him his water shall be sure isaiah chapter thirty three verse sixteen let us observe in the last place how much sorrow unbelief occasions to our lord jesus christ we are told that when the pharisees began to question with him seeking of him a sign from heaven tempting him he sighed deeply in his spirit there was deep meaning in that sigh it came from a heart which mourned over the ruin that these wicked men were bringing on their own souls enemies as they were jesus could not behold them hardening themselves in unbelief without sorrow the feeling which our lord jesus christ here expressed will always be the feeling of all true christians grief over the sins of others is one leading evidence of true grace the man who is really converted will always regard the unconverted with pity and concern this was the mind of david i beheld the transgression and was grieved psalm 119 verse 158 this was the mind of the godly in the days of ezekiel they sighed and cried for the abominations done in the land ezekiel chapter 9 verse 4 this was the mind of lot he vexed his righteous soul with the unlawful deeds of those around him second peter chapter 2 verse 8 this was the mind of paul i have great heaviness and continual sorrow for my brethren romans chapter 9 verse 2 in all these cases we see something of the mind of christ as the great head feels so feel the members they all grieve when they see sin let us leave the passage with solemn self-inquiry 
Do we know anything of likeness to Christ, and fellow-feeling with Him? Do we feel hurt and pained and sorrowful when we see men continuing in sin and unbelief? Do we feel grieved and concerned about the state of the unconverted? These are heart-searching questions, and demand serious consideration. There are few surer marks of an unconverted heart than carelessness and indifference about the souls of others. Finally, let us never forget that unbelief and sin are just as great a cause of grief to our Lord now as they were eighteen hundred years ago. Let us strive and pray that we may not add to that grief by any act or deed of ours. The sin of grieving Christ is one which many commit continually without thought or reflection. He that sighed over the unbelief of the Pharisees is still unchanged. Can we doubt that when he sees some persisting in unbelief at the present day, he is grieved? From such sin may we be delivered. End of section 32